God is good. And all the time, God is good all the time. Well, today uh, I want to look at a portion of scripture that, that I've always liked since I was a kid. It always fascinated me and intrigued me, uh, this story um, in the book of Ezekiel. Um, we're going to take a moment to look at it, but uh, I want to share something with you I found pretty fascinating uh, on cnnmoney.com. It's a few years ago. And um, <clears throat> of the 2.8 million deaths reported to the Social Security Administration last year, it says, approximately 14,000 people's names were incorrectly entered in their online database as dead. That many people, one of 200 entries, were reported as dead when they were very much alive and well. That's 38 life-altering mistakes every day. One day, Laura Brooks, a 52-year-old mother of two, suddenly stopped receiving her disability checks. Then her loan payments and rent checks bounced. She went to the bank to find out what was the matter, and the representative told her that her accounts had been closed because she was dead. They would only reopen her accounts if she could prove that she was alive. <laughs> now imagine that, sitting there and you have to prove that you're alive. No doubt she found ways to prove her case. Have you ever found yourself sometimes in this life being alive and yet feeling sometimes maybe sort of dead on the inside? from feelings and emotions, different life stages, different seasons of life. You're alive, but you don't really feel alive. Maybe times of hopelessness, times of despair, times of feeling disoriented and displaced in this life. You're not alone. Every human being at some point, and maybe at several points, feels that way. But here in Ezekiel, this young man, you know, sometimes we think that all these prophets and so forth are in the Bible are these older people. Ezekiel was 25 years old when they went into exile. So for you young adults, God is always up to something in your life. At 25, he goes into exile. Now, just to remind you a little bit, the children of Israel had been taken captive by Assyria. Um, and then eventually taken captive by the Babylonians. And so there they were. Jerusalem's been destroyed. 10,000 plus Jews misplaced. And God calls on Ezekiel. At about the age of 30, God calls on Ezekiel to be his prophet. And so Ezekiel begins prophesying. As one commentator said, Ezekiel's vision is given for people who have lost heart, who are suffering a death of the spirit, a living death in exile in a foreign land. The temple's been destroyed. Their holy city's plundered. The, their leaders are maimed and put in chains. Their soldiers put to the sword. Their young men and women either killed or dragged off into a foreign land. Ezekiel witnesses the soul of his people gradually wither and die and become lifeless. And so we find God in Ezekiel in chapter 37. 
And let's, let's read this. I'm going to read it. We're going to put it on the screen for you if you'd like to see it there. Or if you have your Bible, you can look at it there. I'll be reading from the NIV. And it says this, the hand of the Lord was upon me. Now just remember that phrase because we're going to come back to that very opening phrase. The hand of the Lord was upon me and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley and it was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. Imagine God bringing you to this valley and you're and it's not just this valley, it's this valley and you're in the midst of bones. Everywhere you look, just bones. And the English translation doesn't quite bring it out, but the original Hebrew brings out, and behold, there were many, many bones. And behold, they were very, very dry. And not just that God had led him back and forth among them, but all around and throughout and around and over again and all around, just nothing but bones. In verse 3, he says, He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones. Say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Can you hear them? Imagine being there and you hear this noise and it's the rattling of bones all around you. And the bones start coming together, bone to bone. And the tendons and the flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Now I thought about it as I, as I was going through and just kind of marinating in this passage this week and, and I was thinking, if this was a movie, I don't know that we'd all be able to watch it. Not all of us would be old enough to enter the movie, and some of us who are old enough would be doing this as the screen, right? Remember, can you imagine the scene? Imagine what, what Hollywood could do with this scene of being in the middle of all these bones and the rattling. Surround sound, right? Surround sound, all the rattling, the bones coming together, and then seeing the flesh come onto these bones, and then you have these human bodies standing there, but there is no breath in them yet. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and, and breath entered them, and they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, O my people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you and you will live 
and I will settle you in your land, own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it, declares the Lord. Isn't that an amazing vision that God gave Ezekiel? It's a word for us today, and as I mentioned at the very beginning of that passage, you'll remember, I said, listen to this. Verse 1 says, the hand of the Lord was upon me. See, this phrase, the hand of the Lord, describes divine action in the Hebrew Scriptures. Divine action of God bringing salvation for people. It's not just a statement that says, oh, and God was with him, by the way, in this. It's a very loaded statement in the Hebrew Scriptures. It appears nearly 190 times in the Hebrew Bible. The hand of the Lord, and it's used to describe God's activity in saving his people. Divine redemption. And so the hand of the Lord was upon Ezekiel and upon his people. God was going to redeem his people, bring them out of exile and back into their homeland. As we look at this passage, I want to remind us, church, I want to talk about two things today in this passage, and one of them is to remind you and I that God's hand is upon us, that God's hand is with us, and he is about saving us and redeeming us from sin and death. And while this passage in Ezekiel 37 is not technically a resurrection passage, we have the benefit of living after Jesus has come and died and rose again to know and to, and to believe in the good news and the wonderful hope that we have as, as Adventist Christians that we are going to be made new again. And that those that we've lost, those who have died before us, will rise again and we will be with them again. And so today, church, I just, I have to take some time to remind us in a world that often feels so hopeless, in a world that often feels so dark sometimes, we need to stop today and pause and remember the incredible hope we have in the resurrection that Jesus promises us. We need to stop and remember that we will see that family member. We will see that sibling. We will see that child again. We will see that friend. I appreciate today being appreciated. In fact, I was taking several notes for myself to appreciate myself. No, I'm just kidding. The pad came to me and I go, this just feels weird. I'm just going to, in fact, I didn't even feel comfortable passing it. I gave it to my wife to pass by. Would you write some notes for me, please? Nice. <laughs> I love pastoral ministry. There are, you know, it's one of those things where they say, you know, you, the pay's coming later, you know. It's not in the paycheck. But let me tell you, we grieve a lot in pastoral ministry, too. There's been a lot of people that I've lost, a lot of friends that I look forward to seeing again. Too many bedsides to be next to. Too many godly people that we've lost. I think of 
a young woman who was one of the most incredible female athletes I'd ever seen in my life, who went off to Walla Walla, graduated, came to Loma Linda to go to PT school, and found out she had leukemia, and fought it for about a year. I look forward to seeing her again. I look forward to seeing people like Alma Tucker. I look forward to, we could go on with the lists, but church, God is good and we're going to see them again. Amen. Can we take a minute just to, just to soak our beans in those words from Scripture this morning, 1 Corinthians 15? Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will be changed in the flash, in the twinkling of an eye. At the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with imperishable and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with the immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. And Thessalonians, brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. Church, the hand of the Lord is upon us. He's going to see us through. And someday he's going to breathe into those bones and God is going to rob every cemetery on this planet. And we are going to be brought together with our loved ones again. That day is coming. And some of us, you know, I'm at that age where half the church thinks I'm young and half the church thinks I'm old, you know? 49 years old. And some of you who are twice my age go, what are you complaining about those pains? Wait till you get to be my age, you know? And then those of you who are younger are going, man, he complains about his pains all the time. He must be old. Gray hair, you know, I, uh, I, uh, I try to exercise daily, and it's amazing to me how just uh, helping coach the, the flag ball team at Mesa Grande this year, and, and uh, you know, I get out there and I throw the ball yesterday, and I wake up this morning, my shoulder's killing me, you know? I'm like, oh, man, what was I thinking, you know? And then sometimes we don't have enough guys, you know, because they're gone at Corral Fest or something, and so you slip into help, and then you try to chase down guys like Andrew and Zach, and I've just learned if they cut that way, I'm just standing here because I'm going to not be on my back for the next week. That's just not going to happen. Someday, you know, they say getting old is not for sissies. And I know some of you, I've, I've visited you, I've seen you in hospitals or rehabilitation places and, or at home, and and some of you live with a lot of suffering, a lot of physical suffering. But no, it's not going to be forever. The hand of the Lord is upon you. 
We celebrated 50 years last August here in Calamesa. And we hope and pray we don't have another 50 years, amen? I hope we don't have another 25, another 10. I hope we don't have another year, to be honest with you. Because I want Jesus to come back and to make us new, to make all things new. So the hand of the Lord is upon us. But church, there's some more good news. The hand of the Lord is upon us because even though we are alive, sometimes we feel like we're dying inside. Sometimes we have this dry sense of hopelessness and we have this this dryness of physical health, maybe of our financial health, of our relationships or emotionally. We're alive, but we feel dried up inside and our bones are so fragile. We can point to times of doubts, times of hopelessness, times of depression, times of fear, times of anxiety. The dry bones. But I want you to notice something. This is something that I, and I hope you understand this, this is something I love about God and it's something I don't like so much about God. Now that might sound weird, but let me just unpack it. You see, what I love about God is that he loves us so much. If we let him, he will lead us to the places that need attention in our life. Now, I love that about God because it leads to healing and well-being of, of who I am. But I don't like that either because I don't like to look at those things sometimes. And God leads Ezekiel to the dry bones and says, here's, here's the problem. In fact, what did the Holy Spirit do to Jesus after he was baptized? Right after he was baptized, that glorious moment, the Father speaking from heaven, Holy Spirit descending like a dove, and Jesus is being baptized, and the very next thing the Holy Spirit does is drives him into the wilderness. God loves us, and he takes us to those places because he wants to keep it real. And he knows if we don't deal with some of these things in our life, they're just going to blow up later. It'll be worse. And so he takes us to those, to those places. Our life and our bones depend on it. But the way that those bones and those areas in our life receive healing is when we allow the word of God to speak to us. It's when Ezekiel prophesied the words the Lord had to say to those bones that they became alive. We can look to so many things in this world. We can look to our cell phones. We can look to our internet. We can look to all kinds of things to try to bring healing to our bones, and it won't work. The only thing that helps dry bones is the Word of God, the Spirit of God. When we allow the Word of God to speak to our life in times of brokenness and dryness, the miraculous happens for the word and the hand of God is upon us. The key word actually in this passage is the word ruach, breath, wind, spirit. When we allow God's spirit to speak to us, to breathe into our life through his word, things happen. I love what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, verses 16 through 18. We do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. 
for our light momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Yes, our bodies, we feel that waste in a way, but inside we can be made new by the spirit and the breath of God, no matter what our condition is. We'll be like the psalmist who says, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. For as Hebrews reminds us, the word of God is living and active. And so as we allow God's word to speak to us, these dry bones can come alive. But church, there's something else. Ezekiel was not a bystander. He didn't just observe and and take notes and analyze the situation. He became an agent with God, on commission with God to speak, to speak God's words of healing into these dry bones. And church, we all come here and we look nice. Y'all look great. We come together, but I guarantee you under every nice suit, under every pretty dress, under everybody here, there's a few dry bones. There's a few bones ready to snap because of life. Life happens. And we can become agents with God in sharing, loving, and encouraging words because some bones are so dry, all it takes is a verbal jab to break that bone. Let's be careful, church, in the words that we say to others, the words that we say about others, because under every every skin of a human being, there are some dry bones. Dry bones looking to be healed, to be made well. And we are God's agents. Sometimes it just means we have to stop and take notice. We were in a meeting the other night in my office, and, and after the meeting I was kind of joking. We were, we were there to talk about the projection and uh, the ministry of projection here, uh, technologically speaking, not psychologically speaking, <laughs> although we should talk about that too. And uh, um, I said, you know, Jesus really knew when to come to this earth. He knew when it could be the most productive, when there was absolutely no technology. You know, he, he could just say, all right, we're going to gather on this hill, I'm going to talk, we're going to feed them all, and then we're going to go on to the next town. He didn't have to say, did you get the slides right? Did you get, uh, okay, well, there, you know, we didn't, didn't have to do any of that. And when he was teaching, all of his disciples weren't on their cell phones texting other people, you know, at the same time. They were, they were listening and engaged. He knew when to come. He's God, right? But church, I encourage us as, as God's agents, the body of Christ, Let's take time to seek to understand people more than for them to understand us. And to listen and to be sensitive to what we say to one another. And what we say about others that eventually gets around to them as well. Because every one of us have those dry bones. And it doesn't take much to make it break. Sad but true story on October of 2005, an elderly man passed away while sitting in his parked car in the city of Melbourne, Australia. 
He remained there several days before his body was found and identified by city officials. However, after the man's death and two days before the discovery of his body, a police officer gave him a parking ticket and attached it to the windshield of his car. The head of the city council later apologized for the incident, saying, it must be just so sad for the family and we extend our sincere sympathies to him. He added, it is simply a case of the parking officer not noticing. Church, let's take notice. Let's take notice of the people around us, our families, our coworkers, our church family, our friends, maybe even the people on the other side of the register that's helping us. The hand of the Lord is upon us. The hand of the Lord will raise us up on that last day, and death and sin will no more have anything to say. And the hand of the Lord is upon us to bring life to our own dry bones through his spirit and through his word and upon us as we co-work as agents of God to speak to those around us who also have dry bones. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for coming and giving us life. We thank you that you give us hope We thank you, Lord, that you are gentle and merciful and compassionate and that you speak to our hearts, to our minds, to our very bones. Jesus, I pray for healing in our lives from the areas of brokenness, the areas that we we are so fragile in, and you know us all so well. And I pray, Jesus, for your grace to rest upon us so that as we speak to one another and as we speak to ourselves, our speech will be seasoned with grace to bring healing to dry bones. Thank you, God, that your hand is upon us now and forevermore. Take a moment now just in silent prayer to let God, through the Holy Spirit, breathe into you this morning.